0: When I was introduced to the book of Zhuangzi or Chuanzi, I was completely puzzled by the beginning of the book, which talks about an enormous fish, thousands of miles long. It changes into a bird with a wingspan of thousands of miles wide. It says, when it rises in the air, its wings are like the clouds of heaven. When the seas move, This bird too travels to the south darkness, the darkness known as the pool of heaven. It didn't make sense to me, and I wondered what the author was trying to say. After years of study, I realized the author talks about a person with a higher purpose. He encourages the readers not just to have a purpose, but an immense purpose to live a meaningful life. It's about dreaming a God-sized dream. Many people have a purpose in life, but they are too small. Most have a purpose only for their personal possessions, prestige, and power. In other words, most people have an ego-driven purpose. To live a meaningful life, we must have a purpose above and beyond ourselves, or above and beyond our ego. Ka Jung, one of the greatest psychologists said, over a third of the patients he had seen did not suffer from any clinical neurosis, but a lack of meaning and purpose in their lives. Viktor Frankl, the Jewish psychiatrist who survived the Auschwitz concentration camp, said that as soon as one of his fellow inmates lost their purpose, they die within a day or two. Purpose makes us healthier and gives us meaning to live. Without purpose, we drift through life and become anxious. Fulton Sheen called this the anxiety of life. Viktor Frankl said that finding purpose leads to happiness. You can eliminate many health issues if you have a purpose. According to Carl Jung, you could eliminate a third of your emotional health problems. How do you find your life purpose that is big enough to give you the vitality of life? On the other hand, you don't want to have an unreasonable purpose like a daydream. The Chinese call those with unpractical dreams dragon slayers. It's based on an ancient story about a young man whose life purpose is to become a dragon slayer. It's a metaphor for solving a problem that doesn't exist. It's a vanity purpose. A significant purpose tries to solve a problem that does exist. The famous Canadian psychologist Jordan Peterson wants to meet Elon Musk to determine why Musk is developing SpaceX. Peterson seems to feel that Musk is solving a problem that doesn't exist, at least not yet. It is a very costly endeavor the money could solve other immediate problems that we are facing in this world. We know most of Muck's projects do solve practical problems, but is SpaceX a dragon slayer's dream? Only time will tell. The point is we must have a purpose significant enough to live a meaningful life and happier life. We are born to dream a God-sized dream. At the same time, we must not daydream like a dragon slayer to solve a problem that doesn't exist. The good news is that Jesus left us with a significant purpose to fulfill. He not only wipes away our past sins, but also gives us a great purpose for the future. Previously, I've mentioned that Jesus has greatness thrust upon us. Today, we deal with Jesus' last word in which He spells out our enormous purpose, known as the Great Commission. His purpose is also practical because it solves a clear and present danger. Most importantly, His purpose keeps us meaning to live a happy and fruitful life. Let's take a look at it today. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I'm the Keeper. No pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. The scripture lesson for today, the Trinity Sunday, is from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Listen to the word of the Lord. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. to the end of the age, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Blessed are those who delight in God's word. Thanks be to God. This passage is known as the Great Commission. I like to call it the Great Purpose. In his last word after the resurrection, he handed over his greatest dream to solve the human problem once and for all. It's a significant purpose because it attempts to reconcile the entire world to make disciples of all nations. It's a clear and present problem because without Him, people are like sheep without the shepherd. The context is that after His resurrection, He sent a message to His disciples to meet Him in Galilee. As you know, the crucifixion and resurrection happened in Jerusalem, and the authority was trying to hunt down the disciples, accusing them of stealing Jesus' body from the tomb and manufacturing the resurrection. So it's safer to meet them away from Jerusalem in the north. The Bible says when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted, Matthew 28, 17. One of the reasons I believe the Bible is true is because of the phrases like this, but some doubt it. If the Bible were made up, the writer would have hidden these phrases to paint a rosy picture. As you see, all the good, the bad, and the ugly appear in the Bible. It means people in the first century were reasonable people. Resurrection is not something easy to believe. God's coming to earth is inconceivable now as well as then. Doubt is a human defense system against deception and betrayal. So it's natural for human to doubt. Even though we cannot eliminate doubt, we can suspend doubt until we can prove our suspicion. We call it giving someone the benefit of the doubt, assuming innocent before proven guilty. The downside of doubt is that it could cripple our actions. James says the doctor, being double-minded and unstable in every way, must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. James 1.8. It says doubt can make our steps unstable. Maybe like a drunk man. God doesn't like doctors when it comes to our relationship with him. Instability is like a lukewarm believer and God doesn't answer their prayers. As a result, we don't see many doctors succeed in life because of their hesitancy. The secret to overcome doubt is to commit. If you continue to doubt, even though your suspicion is unproven, then your doubt is undue. William H. Murray described beautifully about the power of commitment. He said, until one is committed, there is hesitancy the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. That the moment one definitely committed oneself, the providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. William H. Murray. To fulfill your greater purpose, you must first eliminate doubt. Now, Jesus gave the great commission to those who believe. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Verse 18. You might find this statement a little confusing because it needs to be put in the context of the first century Israel. Because Israel was under the Roman Empire, the candidate to be the king of Israel must go to Rome to receive permission to be the ruler of Israel. On that trip, other people could also go to Rome and speak against him. If no Israelites renounce him, the emperor of Rome assumed he was qualified to be the king of Israel and gave him the authority. Jesus put his situation into this contemporary context to help people understand his accomplishment during the three days he was missing between the crucifixion and resurrection. In other words, God had crowned him the king of the kingdom of heaven, because Jesus had proven his love for the world on the cross. He is worthy to govern the world because he has given his life for the world. It also means the devil failed to convince God against crowning Jesus. That's why he said God has given him all authority in heaven and on earth. Now his word is God's word, his decision is God's decision, and his purpose is God's purpose. He wanted people to understand that he and God are now equal. In those days, it was not an easy idea for people to accept. Now he delivered the great commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. The word therefore here is profound. It could mean Jesus' authority allows him to give us this commission. It could also mean He has handed over His authority for us to make disciples of all nations. Because of His authority, we can now dream big. He's backing us to change the world. It also implies because of His authority, we must not dream small. Then He says we are giving the franchise to baptize the new disciples in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is the first time Jesus used the Trinitarian language of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It indicates that not only is he equal to God, but the Holy Spirit is also equal to God. So the baptism represents the reconciliation with the Father through the grace of the Son and the companionship of the Holy Spirit. Reconciliation with God and receiving the forgiveness of Jesus are not complete until we receive the Holy Spirit. Last week on the day of Pentecost, we talked about the importance of walking with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit brings us into oneness with God and Christ. That's Jesus' ultimate dream. This commission is important only if you see how people are hurting. You must understand the sufferings of this fallen world, how people are like sheep without a shepherd, and how blessed you are to have Jesus as the good shepherd. When you see that, you are proud to be part of this profound and practical purpose. The last verse says, "...and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age." Verse 20, what has Jesus commanded us? We have covered this in the past. Everything he has commanded us is summarized to love God and love people, nothing more and nothing less. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. All we need to do is to teach people how to love God and love people. It's simple, but may not be easy. As we fulfill his great purpose, we will experience his presence with us to the end of the age. His presence also represents the presence of his power and authority. In other words, if you want to experience the presence of God, do a God-sized dream. It's described in William Murray's quote that I mentioned above, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, the providence moves too. All sorts of things occurred to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. Providence means God's provision. When capitalized, it is another word for God. When you commit to a God-sized dream, providence show up. All kinds of help appear that would never otherwise have occurred. It also implies that we don't see God because we are not committed to a God-sized dream. In that case, God would not show up because we don't need him. Now, Zhuangzi's strange story, as I mentioned in the beginning, provides us with a good metaphor for this reality. When the big bird rises in the air, its wings are like the clouds of heaven. When the sea moves, this bird too travels to the south darkness, the darkness known as the pool of heaven. So when this big bird, with a wingspan of thousands of miles, rises in the air, the seas moved to support the bird on its journey to the pool of heaven. It illustrates that providence will show up to support you when you commit to fly high and far and, and taking a God-sized journey. The word darkness here means being deep and wide. It represents eternity, the pole of heaven the Spirit deserves to enjoy. He says that we are the light of the world, meaning we are created for a God-sized dream of enlightening the world, not just a small circle around our ego, and that we must not hide our lights. If we hide our lights, we will never find meaning and happiness because we are created that way. The moment we start shining, God will show up to fuel our beings. The best way to experience this truth is try it out and see miracles happen in your life. Let's do it together. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again. Keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound freedom, purpose, and happiness. Amen. Bye now.